putting out content, it doesn't necessarily have to be your own either. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, share your look, we're all reading, we're all listening, we're all watching things online in and around our industry. Yeah. Right. If it was helpful for you, share it. Share it. Yo, 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 what up? Welcome to the Mindful and Ruthless Podcast, where you will learn the mindset, the strategies, and the tactics in order to develop a full-stack life. Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Sagi. I am an entrepreneur and the host of this show. My guest on the show today is a work-from-home dad, WordPress developer, founder of both a weekly and a daily podcast. He helps freelancers with their business by teaching them how to differentiate themselves in the market and build recurring revenue. In this episode, he shares his tips for freelancers. What are the kind of things that you know, help a freelancer always be choosing clients instead of taking on clients um, or you know, taking on whatever client comes first? We talk about content creation and why it's so important and about doing the unscalable and about selling info products to your community. Ladies and gents, it's my pleasure to present to you Jason Resnick. Let's get mindful and ruthless. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Mindful and Ruthless podcast. And um, today I have Jason Resnick with me. Jason, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Excited to be here. Yeah, it's really exciting, exciting to have you, man. And I'm sorry, like it took so long for us to like make this work. Like <laughs> we, we actually scheduled for a few weeks back and then like, you know, we, uh, I postponed like, but um, I'm life happy. happens, life happens. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and yeah, so I'm happy to have you on. And uh, to everybody who doesn't know, um, Jason is a, a software, uh, like, like WordPress developer by, by trade, came up as that, but basically built his business. He started teaching other freelancers how to build their own businesses off of freelance, uh, start making a lot of content, launched a podcast, then launched another podcast. And we're going to talk about that. Um, and now he has actually like a daily podcast that people ask him questions he answers and uh also that's like you just reached uh, episode number 187 which is crazy that's like to people who don't, don't have podcasts they don't know how much effort it takes to create so many episodes but that's consistency man that's like that's amazing and um and you have uh your other podcast uh which is weekly right yeah it's weekly yeah and uh it goes by seasons and uh, it's called live in the feast and um and Jason teaches other freelancers how to build their own businesses based on, on the feast methodology, which I'll ask you about as well. So yeah, Jason, I'm happy to have you here. And um, is there anything like I missed in the intro? No, I mean, that was awesome. Okay. awesome. <laughs> I was born in New York. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, you will work from home dad and entrepreneur, which I'm also proud of uh, doing as well. We're, we both have the same mic. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, we're both podcasters. We have a lot of things in common. We both come from the creative industry. So um, it's going to be an interesting conversation here. Jason, like, let's start with your story, man. Like, because, I mean, you grew up in New York, came up like as a web developer. What got you to even, you know, to where you're at creating content and like, you know, wanting to teach other people how to do this as well? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I came from a web development background. Um, you know, I did a lot of custom Ruby on Rails development, PHP, custom stuff, WordPress stuff, like you mentioned. I was kind of all over the map. Yeah. And until I really figured out that I needed to essentially specialize, niche my business, really focus in on one thing, I always felt like I was chasing my tail. Um, and the fact that I lived in New York, I was doing freelance. Um, I've been doing it now for eight plus years full-time. This is actually my second full-time stint at it. So I went in the early 2000s. Um, I, I was part of that whole dot-com explosion thing when everything collapsed in and on itself. And I was working for an agency at that time. And I was like, hey, I got a skill set. People want to develop a website. I could do that. And about two years into that, I had to go get another job. So about eight and a half years ago, I struck out again uh, on my own to be able to, look, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted the time freedom. I wanted the flexibility. I wanted the ability to just take a random Tuesday afternoon off because it was nice out and not have to ask permission for it, right? Yeah. Um, and 
ultimately, I knew at a very young age that I wanted that time freedom. I wanted to spend time with my family, which I was in my teens at the time when I figured all this stuff out. So <laughs> I wasn't ready for a family, but I knew that that's where I wanted to go. So when I struck out on my own and I started chasing my tail with all the tech and all the different types of clients, um, at about two and a half years into that, I, I said, I'm like, I got to go get a full-time job. Maybe this thing isn't meant for me. Like maybe I'm just not meant to build my own business because I was getting burnt out. It wasn't that I was not getting work, but it was just a lot of work, a lot of time investment. And I felt that my emotional state (laughs) at that point was more of my concern than actual financial state. Right. So, um, so I said to my wife or my fiance at that time, who I literally got engaged a month earlier with. I Wait, what, that was like what age? Like or oh, this was uh, this was back in like twenty thirteen. Oh, okay, okay, not not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Huh? yeah. So, um, and I said to her, I said that you know, I, I think I have to go back and get a job, like because I don't think this is working out for me. Huh. And she said, well, you know, that's not what you want to do, though. And I know that that's not what you want to do, um, but we'll figure it out. So for me, I was just like, holy cow. I don't know. Like, <laughs> the girl that I'm about to get married to just told me not to go get a job, right? So like, yeah. you know, I kind of had to know what I needed to know to improve my business. I had to right. figure out what wasn't working, where, why I was where I was at. And that's the start of the methodology that you mentioned is that, I literally sat for almost a full week on my couch at night from four to six hours, dissecting my current business, trying to figure out where I was going wrong, what I was doing well. Um, And essentially at that point, I was niching my business down. I was specializing my business. And once I did that, once I came out from the back of that, I realized like everything else became so much easier. I was focused in on who. I wanted to go market to who, what language I was speaking to them. I wasn't trying to cater to everybody. And once I figured that out, then I started talking a little bit more about it. Right. I started to, you know, people were coming up to me and asking me like, how, how are you, how are you doing freelance full time, charging the rates that you're charging and living in New York all at the same time? Like (laughs) it doesn't make sense to me. Right. And that's where the start of the content started happening because I was just getting asked all these sorts of questions. And at that time, I really focused in on WooCommerce customers, so WordPress customers. And that ecosystem back then, monthly was you know sub $100. But I was charging almost $2,000. Mm-hmm. And people were like, well, how are you charging what you're charging? Like, I could go here and get $69 a month and you're charging almost $2,000. So I, I basically just answered the questions. Frankly, I you know, wrote about a lot. I was on podcasts. Podcasts for me are you know, the best medium you know, from, from my perspective. I'm not a writer. Uh-huh. Uh, so I just started answering questions. I was just like, okay, I'm going to help as many people as I can because if I can do it, Anybody can do it. I'm nothing, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm driven and focused, but, you know, I'm just a regular person. So it's yeah. not like I have a superpower of any nature. Let me see if I can help as many other freelancers get to where they want to go to because ultimately they didn't start freelancing because they wanted to work more, right? Yeah, so. yeah I think that's one of the things that when I back then left my job to work full time for my blog. Um, I left a corporate job in a, in a very successful startup. Like it was a very demanding job in a startup. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to like work less. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to like go to exercise, like go to my training in the middle of the day. And, and then I remember just like, it all went really sideways. I needed to build the business and I needed to make ends meet. And like, I just started working more and more and more and more. And it's like, you know, it took out of the lifestyle that I wanted. I didn't sign up for this. And I think a lot of freelancers that I talk to, at least, you know, people that also are, are now employees or freelancers that want to stop being freelancers. That's what happens to a lot of people. They get sucked in 
and they can't control their own times and then it takes over their, their whole entire life. This like freelancing thing and running a business. So I, I totally get what you mean. I, I eventually also snapped out of it and kind of like, you know, ever since like I, I took with it, like I started working with a coach and he really helped me uh, do this. And today I can say that I'm making so much more money than I ever made in my life. And, you know, just like not, not working so hard. Like I, I can take a week off if I want to like, and so I get what you mean, but can you tell me, so can you tell me about the feast? Like, why is it called feast? What's, what's with the name? Uh, feast and famine cycle, right? That's like the classic thing every freelancer okay. goes through, right? Like sometimes you have no work and sometimes you have a ton of work, right? So mm -hmm. my old thing is living in the feast, right? Like that's where the podcast name comes. That's where our, the community membership comes from. Um, you know, it's all about building the business and staying in the feast part of that cycle, right? Yeah. Being smart about who you're serving, how you're helping them, how you talk to them. All of those kind of things matter in how you build a proper business so that you can live in the feast. You can stay there. Uh, people will start falling into the famine part in any number of ways, but really what they tend up tend doing is, is that they look at their clients almost as a boss, right? So yeah. like if you left the corporate world at, at a, as you know, your boss there basically told you what to do each and every day. Mm -hmm. um, whereas you didn't, like you mentioned, you didn't control your time. Um, as a business owner, you have to control your time. You have to guard your right. time. Your clients, you have many clients. You don't just have one, right? Yeah. And you have to move the business forward. You don't pay attention to your own business that's when you start going into the famine part of the cycle. So yeah, everything is circled around the feast because that's where I want us freelancers <laughs> to stay. Yeah, totally. So yeah, so just now, like in terms of the feast model and everything that you're teaching right now, like what, what do you think is the, the, the struggle that most like freelancers that you're teaching are struggling with? What is the, what is the most, like, is it selling or is it like managing the business itself, like on the administrative side or anything else? Um, I think it's, it, it's definitely a mixture, right? A, a lot of clients say, how do I get more? Uh, a lot of freelancers say, how do I get more clients? Yeah. Right? And that's like the quintessential question that I get asked, I don't know, 25 times a day. <laughs> but what it really comes down to is, is do you really want to get more clients or do you want to get better clients? And if you want to get better clients, the clients that respect you, the clients that pay on time, the clients that will value what you do for them, um, you have to come to them with some sort of confidence, some sort of expertise and knowledge to solve their problems. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of freelancers are introverted. A lot of freelancers don't want to be the face of a company and things like that. But there is a point at which you're a freelancer. You, that, you're the face of the business. You have to, you have to approach that. Um, but in and of itself is once they actually start writing the shit and they start feeling you know, more confident in who they serve and how to get the clients and, and start building the business processes in themselves, once they hit a rough patch, they tend to fall back on old habits. Right? Mm -hmm. They might just you know, negotiate price. They might not, you know, they might take the next project to come across their desk, even if it's not a perfect ideal fit. Yeah. Um, and then that's when that, that, like I mentioned earlier, is that's when you start falling back into the famine because yeah. now you've got somebody that's micromanaging you, dictating your time, not paying you on time, and not respecting what you are providing to them. Yeah, just because you were stressed for a second and then you took on a client that you're like, oh my God, now I got to work with this guy. <laughs> um, I mean, I've done it myself. And, yeah, you know, me too. Me too. Guilty it, as charged. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's easier to do that because you're, okay, I got to pay rent or I have to pay the mortgage or I have to pay this bill. And, but if you build the business processes right, you should be able to fill up a queue, a pipeline so that even if you, you know, three, six months out, you can know that, okay, I have work then, right? right. I know I'm going to be okay then. So how and do you do that? <laughs> how do you feel all, in the Yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to be the go-to person. You have to specialize. You have to be that person that says, hey, Jason's all about email marketing and behavioral marketing. 
he's the guy you need to talk to because he'll help you build the automation in your business to help you understand your customers better, right? Yeah. You have to understand, you have to become referable, right? Like right. if somebody just needs a website and a web developer, that's such a generic term. Yeah. But if you have a specific problem, like what I do for my clients where they basically, you know, they come to me because they want to understand their customers better. They want to get more repeat customers. They want to get a, a shopper to become a customer, right? A lot faster than they already have. So once they have those, those problems, I want them to think of me, right? I want, if they talking, if they're talking to somebody like yourself, you say, Oh, that's, you need to talk to Jason. He can help you out with that. Right? Yeah. You have to become referable and that will help you build up those pipe, that pipeline. Um, <clears throat> just because they're a lead today doesn't necessarily mean that they could have become a client today. Right. right. If you have a conversation with somebody, follow up with them three, six, even 12 months from now, see if you can help them in any sort of way. Just be mindful of, you know, being a human, right? Like we could get so caught up in the tech at times and just to put in a simple reminder into your calendar, say, Hey, I talked with this person. I'm not, you know, put a little bit of notes, you know, this person's going to be a client. I want to follow up in three days. Yeah. This person's probably not going to be a client. I'll follow up with them in a week and you touch base then and you say, okay, I'm going to follow up in a month and then I'll follow up six months from now. And it's just providing value and being that human port, like being that human, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of freelancers, they, when they, like you asked, how do you fill up that pipeline? Well, it's through the follow-up because you're becoming front of mind with them. You're always on their radar too, because just because your price and budget or timeline doesn't match up right now doesn't mean it can't match up later or they might save up. I have had clients come to me a year and a half later saying, look, that quote that you sent to me, um, <clears throat> I couldn't do it then, but I can do it now. Could we have a conversation? Yeah. I think that it's one of the most important things that uh, you just said. And I, I would like to refer probably a book that you already read. It's called Built to Sell by John Werlow. Have you heard about it? Mm -hmm. You probably read it, right? No, I haven't read it, but I, I, yeah, I know the book. All right. So it's like a really good book, like, and exactly what you're saying. Like it's saying, like, you have to be that referable person. You have to be that person that, you know, people go to. And then like, you don't have to do everything because a lot of people are like, you know, building agencies that can do a lot of things in order to get more business. But then again, they're competing with like, you know, some other agencies which also can do a lot of things and they're not really niching down on anything and i think uh it's great to have that one specific thing that people also come to you for but do you think just as a question like i don't remember myself i don't remember myself niching down on anything or being specifically good at anything i'm actually remembering myself as a freelancer and i built like um, you don't know my background but i was also a freelancer a long time and i built a lot of success as a freelance uh designer and mm -hmm. And I was just like really good at being able to do a lot of things. Kind of like, you know, like maybe that was my specialization because it's like people came to me because I could do a lot of things. But it's like, I think one of the things, one of the things that got me so much opportunity and I bet you'll agree is the content. I created the content. Like I created the content. Uh, I had Israel's largest design blog, still do. And I posted there consistently and I had a weekly newsletter and like people knew me by I am Sagi from Pixel Perfect Magazine. Like that's how people know me. Still up, up until this day, I'm getting tons of leads and tons of like, you know, potential business just because of the blog. Mm -hmm. So, and you, you teach that yourself, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you have to put yourself out there because otherwise nobody else will, right? Right. Um, I, if, and I want to go back to, a lot of people say that they're like, I'm good at everything. Right. Yeah. But I bet you you're good at the human aspects of things. Right. Like, and I don't know what you did, you know, the relationships that you built, but I get a lot of people who say like, you know, I, I don't know. I have great clients. Um, you know, I can't really narrow down my focus and I don't know, you know, who I really want to help. But when you dive into their business, it's the other things that you, they're doing better than other people. 
right? And that's why they're so good at what they do is because the clients want to stay with them. They want, you know, they get a re- their clients are going to refer people to them because of the interaction, the human element of how it is, the experience it is of working with you. Um, but to your point, the content, it, it, you have to be out there and you have to answer the questions, right? Like mm-hmm. if once you start answering those questions, that's when people start, look, people are going to come to you in all sorts of ways, right? That's the classic buyer's journey thing, the awareness, consideration, and decision stage, right? Mm -hmm. Having a blog out there, you can address those first two, right? People are in the awareness stage. They might feel like they have a problem, but they're not sure even how to word what their problem is or word what the solution to their problem is, Mm -hmm. right? So that's why a blog post, that's why you go to Google. You type in a question, right? What comes up? Results, right? Same thing in the consideration stage is you start talking about, okay, Here's the solutions to your problem. These are those classic list posts. You know, I mean, you see them with apps all the time, right? Like this is the pros and cons of this. This is the pros and cons of this. This is better than this. This is the price, you know, those kind of things. And then the decision stage is really just a matter of, hey, let's get on a, on a call. Let's, get, let's take it to that next level. Let's figure this out um, so that I can help you to get to where you want to be. Um, and blogs do that great. Um, you know, video is, is a tremendous platform at this point. Podcasting. I love podcasting, um, which is why I have the one daily podcast. I'm all I'm doing is answering questions, right? Like I just, there are questions around freelancers, not necessarily my services side, but I get so many questions (laughs) for a long time. It was just like, Oh, I, you know, somebody wrote me an email. Oh, they I answered this question a couple months ago. I'm just cut and paste and, and send them that you know resource in an email. Instead, I decided, well, let me just put it online, right? Like, yeah. and I could just link them to the podcast and they could go listen to it. Um, it's a lot. You have to position yourself as the expert and you position yourself as the expert because you have knowledge, you have experience, you have the answers. Yeah, and I think that also for people just starting out, like not to scare people that are starting out as freelancers because they feel that they they don't have, they are not the experts yet. So why would they create content and what specialized, you know, what what really uh, defines them and differentiates them in the market? So what would you say for those people who are just starting out? Yeah, just starting out, just go get a job, like go get a gig, right? Like that. I mean, honestly, that like. You're not going to know what you like, what you dislike, who you want to serve, how you want to help them um, until you actually start doing it, right? You get four or five jobs under your belt, then you could start saying, okay, you know what? I like working with nonprofits. You know, it makes me feel good at the end of the day. I'm helping them out and this, right? Other people, um, you know, I want to work with SaaS companies. You know, I like helping them out starting, you know, and then you could further segment down the chain. You could say like, I only want to work with SaaS companies that are inside, you know, less than three years old right, to help them grow. Right. So you could do that kind of stuff, but you know, putting out content, it doesn't necessarily have to be your own either. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, share your, look, we're all reading, we're all listening, we're all watching things online in and around our industry. Right. If it's helpful for you, share it, send it to your leads, position yourself as somebody who keeps up to date with the things that are going in and around your industry. Right. So if you're in web development or web design or whatever, whatever resource is helpful for you, flip that back around. Don't just close that tab out. Just go out and share it. Right. Uh, Create like a, a log. Right. I did this for a long time where I called it my OPC log, right? Other people's content log, right? So yeah. if it was just some, a link that was helpful to me, yeah. I'd throw that link in there and I would use that link to not just share it on the socials, but also to share it with leads or past clients or you know, in those follow-up sequences where it made sense. Yeah. I think that uh, in a way, it's all about being this resourceful person right? It's like, how can you be more resourceful as a human being to your community of people that are doing the same and to the community of your market? And like, I think, you know, putting out content is also separated into a few things. I guess like 
we have a question here like does it not take a lot of time and resources to do a, to create a good blog and videos so I think I mean yeah of course it takes time and it takes a lot of resources to create a great blog but you don't have to start with a great blog like you can just start by sharing like you said like other people's content on social media find a great if you're a developer go to a developer group find articles that you already read you best read articles if you don't like then you're you're in trouble um you're a dinosaur already if you don't read for like two months so and so like basically so if you read a great article you go and you share it on some uh developer group and those people will, will remember you they'll, they'll say oh that's nice like you know here's an article by this guy like oh jason just read an article that's great next time jason shares an article oh jason again nice like i remember him from last time he gave me value oh okay nice again and again and again and i think later you can scale that however you wish um right 100 i mean i built my i i say this all the time i built my my business on twitter right on twitter. Um, and nice. yeah i got clients through twitter i built my network of colleagues on twitter nice. and I didn't even have a blog. I did exactly what you said, shared links out, you know, and huh. yes, it does take time. Um, yeah. I knew that, you know, right when I started off, it was 100% OPC. It was 100% other people's content because I didn't have my own yet. Um, but like you said, I, you know, every couple of hours I'd share out a link and it was good, valuable content, built up my following that way and people would keep coming back to me. Then once I started my own blog, which, you know, I'm actually, it's shifted over the years, but when I started my own blog, all I said was, I just want to publish a piece of content every single week for a year. That was it. And I just said, I'm going to write 250 words every single day. And then on Friday, push publish. Yeah. Right. Was it great? Not really. I mean, the, some articles weren't as good as others, but a couple of articles start to resonate. And then you start to see what's important to the people that you're attracting. And right. then you could start rewriting those articles and start changing that and start talking about those things because that's what your audience, your clients, your leads are, are looking to you for. And you start mixing in your content with other people's content. Right. right? So you start going 80% other people, 20% yours, yeah. and then you start to flip it once you have enough. Right. Yeah. And look how many principles you just shared that are not even having to do anything with being a freelancer. It's, mm -hmm. it's with a basically like it's just trying to get to high achievement mode, high achievement, high fulfillment, whatever you want to call it. It's like you just mentioned the 80 20 rule. And that's something that I always try to do like in my life. It's like, what, what's the like 20% that brings you 80% of your happiness in whatever you're doing? Or, or what's 20% that's bringing you 80% of the results. And you can take that to any professional project, development or design or whatever, and entrepreneurship. You can take it to your life. You can take it to your sports. You can take it to your relationships. You can take it to anything. And just like get rid of that 80%. Leave that only 20%. Then do it again, like later. And then like do it again, again, again. And I think what you're mentioning here, and you mentioned it a couple of times already, is that, that kind of like mindfulness about whatever you're doing, always reflecting and saying, okay, what worked, what hasn't worked? And let's, let's look at that and then tweak our business, our life in, in, in that direction. So I think it's, uh, it's smart. Like it's, I think that's how everybody should, should kind of like work their lives, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm very tactful about things that I do. Like I don't jump on every social media platform mm -hmm. when, when it comes out. Like I will experiment which is where the Ask Res podcast came from now that it's a daily show. But, um, you know, I went on Snapchat for a while. I went on Periscope for a while. I went, you know, on all these things, to see, but I gave it a time. Like I gave it parameters, 30, yeah. 90 days to see what worked and what didn't work. Um, and then reflect back onto it saying, okay, what happened over this month or three months? Like yeah. did something move? Did it matter? Did it fail completely? And nobody heard me, um, you know, it, like the podcast, like, that was just a 30 day experiment that, that I wanted to run because I love podcasting. And I said, okay, look, I have, I'm getting asked all these questions, whether it's on Twitter and Facebook or wherever, um, maybe I could do something with that. And maybe I could, you know, so I just loaded up anchor on my phone. The first, if you go back to like episodes one through 35 ish around there, it sounds terrible. 
right? Like yeah. this, like low <laughs> audio. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and it was easy enough. It was just, yeah. let me ship it. Let me get it out there and see what happened. And it was an experiment that obviously is working, right? Yeah. Um, and I just kept going with it. You know, now I have a yeah. host, you know, I use my other host and, uh, you know, putting this, every single blog, you know, every single, I call them blogs, you know, blog posts, but it's the show notes, right? Yeah. Of every single episode on my site. Um, so five days a week, Google's getting dinged that I just answered another question, right? And yeah. that's just, you know, that's just one of those things where it's like, you know, think about what you want to do. You have to serve like, you know, and I know you know this, Pat Flynn, serve first, right? Yeah. Like totally. I have that sticker on my laptop because it's just, you know, like it's a constant reminder. Like that's my guiding compass. There's two guiding compasses for me. Serve first for my business side, right? And then serve first for my family, right? Like I have to, my guiding compass has always been to get time with my family. So yeah. if, if I get lost in the sea of all the decisions that I have to make, I go, okay, well, let me just simplify it. How does this affect my family? How does this affect time? How does this affect my customers? Right. Um, and you can always go back to that and it all comes back to the content, right? Like for me anyway, it's like, let me answer a question. I hold live Q and A's, you know, I just, you know, send it out to my list. I say, Hey, look, I'm going to hold a live Q and A on Wednesday. If you want to come, come. And it's just yeah. one of those things that I just, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like there's always these, these things sometimes that <clears throat> you always have to sell something on the back of everything. Whereas, you know, I sell on the back of things because people then say to me, well, that was, you just did an hour of live Q and A with no bitch. Yeah. Like, let me go check this guy out and like, let me see what he's about and such. Um, and then, then they buy later, they opt in, they buy later. So, right? Right. so you know, it, you could do things in the way that feels natural to you, but content, I mean, I hate to say the term, but content's king. Yeah. Right? yeah be out there. Totally. And I think that people just don't get how important it is just be, to put your face in front of people's like that are your audience and your community. It's just like you have to be there. People have to have you in their conscious mind because if they don't, you don't exist. It doesn't matter. You can be an amazing designer, an amazing developer, amazing freelancer, amazing entrepreneur. You do not exist if you're not in the face of the people that matter. And so, and, and the serve first mentality, that's like you can check out any religion. Like you can call it karma or whatever you want. Like, you know, it's like there's terms for that, like that go all the way back to Stone Age, basically. It's like, it works. You do good and you'll get good back. It's like, it's, a, it's a, like a nature, the law of nature. So I totally agree. I think that like whatever freelancer you are, you need to create content. And by the way, let me tell you one more thing that's like, like an anecdote. Like content is not only about creating content, it's also about being active in a community. So meaning like right now, like I, there's like, I bet 90% of the people that are listening to this or watching this, like whenever, will not even post a comment, hey, what's up, or thank you for this episode, or like, or post their own opinion. Like most people will just not even react to any post. No, like they just consume. And they're in, when you step out of the consumption mode and create a bit, just like, you know, get into just like writing in comments, hey, like, Jason, thanks so much, man. Like that, that was a great episode or something like that. I think that's something that one, if you, you don't even have to have content, you just need maybe some gratitude for stuff that helped you out. And second is just like being there, just like writing, practicing writing, putting stuff out there is very, very important. Like it's super, super important for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny that, I mean, for a long time, I didn't do that. Like I didn't reach out. I didn't, you know, I would listen to podcasts and then it got to a point where it was just, like you said, I knew I had to be the face of my business. If I was going to get to where I wanted to go, I had to affect that. I had to be purposeful, uh, mindful, right. Of what I was doing. Right. So, yeah. um, when you engage in comments, it's funny because you may not think that that person recognizes it that you may not think that the person you know 
will recognize you a second, third, fourth time. I'll tell you this, I do, right? People come on my list and especially my email list, people send me an email. They're like, I don't know if you remembered, but I'm like, yep, I remember. Like you have to like, and that's just, I guess it's just me being me, but like, it's just, you know, like you kind of have to be about the community. You have to be like, I, I'm intentional about serving first. I'm intentional about, you know, the things that I put out there to try to be helpful to people. Um, And if it's not helpful, then I just won't put it out again. right? Right. So Um, you know, and hearing the voice back in the comments, in email, you know, on the socials, wherever, um, if you want something, just voice it, right? Like if, you know, in the comments, just say, Hey, look, this was helpful, but you know, I'm curious about this angle or this question or how you did this, ask, see what the person says, right? Let's learn. Yeah. You know, it's like, and, and also Another thing is the contribution part is something so easy. Like even if you, even if you make an impact just a little bit, let's say you're really, really shy and you don't want to be on social media too much. Start with something, find something that start that will make it easy for you. For instance, set up a Calendly link and send it to whoever you want to spread it and say, if you're a really great designer, like there's no reason you're not coaching for free like giving like two hours a week of your time, just like helping out. It's like volunteering, right? Like teaching young designers how to be better designers. I actually have done that for such a long time, like dedication of like just like hours a week, just like helping other people, mentoring them, guiding them in the route to be better designers and to tackle their problems. Eventually I launched an online course based upon what I learned that I just kept on giving them the advice. The online course itself was like 30K in two weeks, like the first initial launch. Like, that's that's a power like you know when you when you do these kind of things and so people like if you are an amazing freelancer just set up a Canadly link right now and just like you know start giving back and you'll see the impact it's just karma it comes around and it's huge and if you can yeah just like launch some kind of format of content and like you said jason like you uh you said i'll experiment you know i'll go and just like with my phone and uh if it works great if not then you know and and it worked and then you said okay i can upgrade now to better equipment like better yeah better quality and now you have this episode 187 just crazy like uh, um yeah just just to tell you i i had an ask sagi show on my israeli podcast for designers and Mm -hmm. uh i had a, a regular podcast and then I had, at one point, the regular podcast was doing pretty well. And I was like, okay, I need also to answer people's questions. And I'll, I had asks again, but I didn't have a lot of episodes. I eventually couldn't, couldn't do it. I had the Hacking UI podcast at the time. And then I had my own Pixel Perfect podcast. And that was like two different uh, side projects in term, like on top of my full-time day job as a director of design for a 350 people company. So it was it mm. just, I guess, no excuses, but <laughs> so I, no. I had that, like, I didn't make it and you made it. So I'm like, I'm like uh, admiring that. So yeah, thanks. Um, thanks. it takes, I know what it takes. Um, so I want to um, treat another question here and everybody right now, live watching this right now, ask your questions, do it now, post a comment right now in the live feed and ask anything because we're here to help you out and also remember what you you just said like don't be just a consumer post you know be active um and i'll I'll pop in there i don't have it open now but i'll i'll pop in in there afterwards too so if you you know with to answer anybody's question so cool awesome so um if if any um she uh, asks also sometimes you worry about falling on the wrong side of social media you know, social media people can be mean. We have seen people lose their jobs or clients on Twitter. What do you have to say about that? Um, I think it's just like, I don't know. I, I don't feed the trolls, so to speak. You know, like that, that phrase, like, you know, if people are mean or whatever, then that, that's to your point, it's going to come back around to bite them. So I don't, you know, like I'll, it, it, it sucks. You know, especially if somebody says something hurtful or contrarian to what you're you're trying to talk about and be helpful about. Uh, but at the same time, you know, just surround yourself with the like-minded people. Don't worry about what 
people are going to say, you know, those bad trolls, so to speak, what they <laughs> say, um, just mute them, ban them, whatever you need to do in the platform that you're, you're, you're choosing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it could be the New Yorker in me too. It's like, I, you know, just close the window, right? Like <laughs> if somebody, if somebody is saying something like just, you have the power to, to close the window and not pay attention to this person because I would guarantee you 99.999% of the people that actually say something bad online would never say it to your face. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. And so that's one thing. People that say things online don't say it to your face. Second thing is this, like it rarely happens. And you want, you know what? I think you should wish for people like that just because like if you uh, actually get to a level of success where you have haters coming at you, then it means you're at a level of success. And it's just great. You should wish for haters. I wish I had more haters. Um, <laughs> I had once I went live on my on my uh, Facebook page and of again Israeli designer community, and I went live and I'm like, here are three things that you shouldn't do in your portfolio. And there's one word I said, which was like it's like I said spelling mistakes, but in, in Hebrew, and I made a bit of like a, a, um, a punctuation mistake when I said that word, mm-hmm. and. Just like this thing had 3,000 views in like two days. And, and then like people were posting all over. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. This is so helpful. Da, 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 da. And like one person's like, you're the spelling, like you're the spelling mistake, man. That's, you don't say that. Mm. Like, and like, I, I'm like, what? Like you, well, okay. Sue me then. Um, and he was like, no, man, like you have a community, you should be respectful and you should watch your language, especially when you're talking about spelling errors. And I sound like, okay, this person obviously doesn't have anything good going on in their life. So that's why they're attacking me. Right. Um, and that's haters. And you should wish for haters. And I'm like, thank you. You're giving me strength. I'm like, yes, I have a hater, you know, like someone who actually hates on my good deeds. So yeah, to, to say, like, I think we all want people to hate on our good deeds because that means we've done something good and, and, and we reached a level of um, attention that, right. you know, with the good people come also bad people. And uh, one more thing about this is Jason, I bet you're getting emails from people all the time or messages on Facebook. And so like, Jason, thank you so much. You just changed my whole life. You changed my business. You changed my life. Thank you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's, that's who I focus on. Right. Like I want to, you know, I mean, I, you know, like I use a tool called Bonjoro. Bonjoro. I love it. And I don't, you know, you know what it is, but for those that are listening that don't know what it is, what it is is you, you link it up into your CRM or your email marketing system. And when somebody appears in there and with a certain tag, it'll actually ping you on your phone to send a personalized message. It's just short video message. Um, and I do that with everybody that opt in, opts into my email list. Because it's anybody like, who opt into your enlist, mm-hmm. you send them a private video. Yep. Wow. And like, I'll tell you this much: the, the, the responses that I get from that, people are like, "What? Like <laughs> this? Is this automated? Like, I'm like, no. I said your name. I, you know, yeah. I would say something. You know, yeah. sometimes, like, sometimes if it's an interesting enough email address, I'll pluck the domain and I'll go check out what their website looks like. Just yeah. Be, now I'm curious, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'll reference that or whatever, right? Like, I want to bring that level of humanity back to the, the world that we live in, which we do now. And those people that respond back to me, they say, thank you for this. This is awesome. This goes above and beyond any other email list that I've joined before or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and just having those people know that I'm there for them and, you know, right. the gratitude that they're even replying back to the email that I sent to them or the video that I sent to them. Um, you know, that's, that's who I focus on. The haters, yeah. they can go hate and they could go, you know, wallow in the corner if they want, you know, that's their business. And I, I'm not going to surround myself with those kind of people. It's just, yeah, it's not worth my time. Totally. And yeah, I mean, also it's just you, you doing good is a couple like you change people's lives, people's lives. If you share your own, just your own experience and it can bring so much difference to other people. And then also, there's one thing that I, I guess not enough professionals think about. is like people work with you because you inspire them. That's, like, that's why people work with you. And when you're out there creating content that inspires people, you'll get more work. It's just like 
that's the law. Um, it, you can't you can't challenge that. It's just it just works. So, and yeah, you're going above and beyond doing the things that don't scale, like using Bonjoro as a tool for your email list. That's I've never heard of that. That's pretty crazy, man. That's like I use like I use Bonjoro for a lot of things, like regarding like people like leads from my online courses and stuff like that. But just a lead for the online courses. But everybody who opts on opts into your email list. Wow, that's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's and I even tested this on Instagram too. And I encourage anybody that's listening to this do the same thing, right? You have Instagram, right? If you're on Instagram and somebody follows you, reply back to a video message, as long as it's not a bot, like go check out their profile, make sure that they have a few few posts and a few friends, you know, but mm -hmm. uh, you could go there and I, same responses on Instagram. People were like, what? I've just followed you. Nobody's ever replied back with a video message before. I, and all I did was just follow you. Like this is, I mean, I don't, I'm not doing that now on Instagram, but I just wanted to see, I was like, Hey, this is on Instagram too. Maybe this will work. And these people still, you know, are still engaged with me on Instagram and everything else. And it's just doing those little things that delight somebody goes such a long, long way. All right, just wanted to take a short break here. Um, if you listen to this episode all the way here, it means you probably find value in it, right? So, well, I wanted to just let you know that this is a weekly show and it's published first on the Mindful and Ruthless Facebook group as it's recorded live. Yes, this is a Facebook live interview and it basically allows you to interact with the speakers and myself and ask questions as we're recording the podcast and we are trying to answer all of those questions so if you haven't already be sure to search and join the mindful and ruthless group on facebook i promise you you'll find amazing value in joining this community as long as basically joining a community with a lot of other amazing entrepreneurs so all right back to the episode so i see that by the way that's how we met yep we went met on instagram i followed you you sent me a private video i'm like oh man so like i wrote you thanks man i'm just looking at the conversation right now it's like i wrote you like thanks a lot man i appreciate it and you asked in the video where can i find you or where like can we connect otherwise or something like that mm -hmm. and i said um yeah i have this group my phone ruthless um i have a podcast as well and um and i wrote you you it seems like you have a great podcast and then you wrote me like i have two actually and like we started like ta -ta -ta -ta, back and forth and and then we said, why not just like, let's have you on a show. And I think that's pretty awesome that, you know, that's how we met. So these things go a long way. Like just being more personal on social media, um, being more personal with people that follow you. And, and yeah, I can totally appreciate that. Uh, that's how you grow a large, like a massive influence and engage people in your community. All right, cool, man. So um, um, Jamil is saying like, and I want to, it gives me, it, it gets me to my next, um, my next topic like we talk about content we talk about like you know freelancing and the freelancing challenges whatever like and and uh there's more to freelancing in content because once you have content and you have your skills and you build a community around your skills and passions you can sell products to those uh to this and make a, extra income off of info products right like online courses and coaching services and whatnot so jamil is asking like you mentioned you sell services in the back like meaning like through the back like meaning like after a free webinar or, or podcast what do people have to buy if they want to buy something from you is it like affiliates premium products um if you can elaborate on that yeah i mean from me personally or just in general yeah. is, is he asking yeah he's asking about his he asked specifically about what you sell like oh, what, what, you, what sell. are your info products yeah i mean i i have a couple of different info products um <clears throat> i have the freelancer sales kit which is basically six videos um that uh help you build a proper sales process in your business in your freelance business helps you get testimonials and referrals it helps you build a quote-unquote sales bot those kind of things um, and yeah, for, if anybody is interested in that opt in and you'll get it at a discount price, right? That, cool. That's the one simple thing. Um, but I do have a flagship course and coaching platform that's called feast. Um, it's either a monthly or annual subscription, but that is a community that is looking to build recurring revenue in their business through niching down. Um, you know, we have monthly mastermind calls 
we have workshops where I bring in experts to talk about certain things, whether it's marketing, content, sales, whatever it is that they specialize in. Um, and we do a lot of different things in and around the community. That's a Slack community. It's not Facebook or anything like that. But um, there's also 70 plus videos in there that help you build proper systems in your business and build proper processes in your business um, to help you build a sustainable business, to build the plat the foundation of your business. And that's called Feast. Um, and then, you know, I, I, as far as anything else goes, um, I've run workshops, sale, uh, service page teardown workshops where I help people build better service pages. Um, I'm, host, I'm collaborating on a workshop uh, at the end of this month uh, with a guy, my friend Curtis McHale, um, where we're going to unpack lead uh, lead generation tactics and time management, how you build around that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I basically, I try not to, I mean, you could go to my website and see all of these things on the product pages. Um, I do coaching, you know, I help coach, you know, specific one-on-one -on -one coaching with, with other freelancers as well. Um, but for me, the, the, I'll tell you this much, when I hear anybody that, whether they've bought from me or not, um, get like a win or off of the back of a podcast where they said, hey, look, I listened to this podcast a month ago, I implemented the thing that you were talking about on the podcast and boom, 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 all of these things happened after that, that was awesome. Like that's what drives me at the end of the day, right? Um, whereas if I have a day of development, and, and my wife even can attest to this too. Like she knows whether or not the day was development coding or the day was helping somebody else. Cause I come out of it either I'm banging on my desk, looking at error logs or something <laughs> like that, like trying to figure these things out. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's funny. Like that's what fuels my fire um, to help anybody really just get to the, where they want to get to in life. And that that's, that's been the passion. I try to build products and things around that. Um, and if it's something that's feasible enough for me to just produce it for free, I will. But on the, on the other side, I still have to feed my family and put a roof over my head too. So I have to put a price on some of these things. Yeah, of course. And I think that your way of creating products for your community and for the people that are getting value from your free info products, like the podcast, like your content and stuff, it, it's, I mean, it's a blessing in a way. Like, it's like, thank you for making more products of, you know, giving more value in a higher level. Like, I think people, once they get it, it like, it's not like creating products that are, I don't know, like they, they sell for more than what they're worth. They're actually like, hey, here's... A, tons of free content you want more you want more of me like more personal like way of of learning you want to know all my you know my specific things that i teach on a podcast but in a bundle you can have it like it's for you right here you can buy it you don't have to but you can and um you get more value out of that and i think the coaching services i think every professional with a community needs to have like it just it's it works like these things these things work and it's a way for you to serve again serve your audience in a better way so um yeah i guess um that's that's what like jamil meant i guess and yeah he said uh he just wrote like thanks for your answer sounds amazing awesome. <laughs> yeah so yeah so i i didn't want to maybe uh, i know we should be going right like right now we should be uh wrapping this up i just want to ask you like for people that are pros like already are freelancers with content and now are kind of like and already have I don't know, like some kind of info products that they're coming up with and thinking about, like what's one strategy that's worked for you recently, like some kind of funnel or some kind of like, you know, specific strategy that has helped you uh, get more people to buy your info products. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I have, and maybe it's not surprising, but it was surprising to me. Um, when I started building my info products, I kind of looked at what everybody else was doing. And uh -huh. did the webinar thing, did the you know tripwire thing, like all that, all those right? Yeah, exactly. And it didn't. I mean, it worked. It did what it did, but I felt like it wasn't working as good as it could. And 
I started to think about how I built my service business, right? Yeah. Um, and what I do now for Feast only, right? Because it's a higher premium ticket item, right? Um, I would have certain data points of people that would come onto my email list. Um, once they hit those data points, then they would get pitched Feast, right? They would look, you've been doing freelancing for a number of years now. I know you're a developer. I know you're looking to specialize. Um, here's Feast. This is what we talk about inside of Feast that's related to you, right? Mm -hmm. And working through that funnel, right? And I decided to take that bit out and instead ping me when that person hits those data points and schedule a call with them, uh -huh. right? And because I was so good on the services side of once I got somebody on the, on the line, you know, there was a high likelihood that we were going to become, you know, they were going to become a client of mine. Right? Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that, look, you could send off an email, your email open rates could be 20 to 40%, right? Mm -hmm. But when you schedule a call with somebody, look, they're, they're interested. They're ready to hear what you have to say. It's all a matter of a handshake at that point, at least in my world. And so instead of putting somebody through this bottom of funnel pitch that, may or may not work they may or may not see it they may or may not make time to check that email right they'll see it yeah. come in they'll say oh you know what it's monday i got a bunch of stuff to do i'll, I'll look yeah. at it on tuesday right it goes down 100 emails come in you never yeah. see it again yeah. if they schedule that call with you right now we're talking on thursday by thursday afternoon they're going to become a feast member right and yeah. that's worth wonders for me. And now I'm trying to figure out a way in which I could, <laughs> I could kind of do the same thing with all my products, but you can't scale all of that stuff. Right. Like, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's more higher tier products, right? right? Like, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And so, you know, and, and the thing is too, like you weed out people that it's not going to help them as good. Right. Like right. if you want to, if you want to minimize refunds, you want to minimize bad, you know, press, so to speak, yeah. Uh, make sure that the people are right for the thing that you're providing to them. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I tell this to some people already and they buy in anyway, right? Like they're like, Hey, look, I really need a job. I need a quick win. I, I yeah. just started freelancing is feast for me. No, it's not. I'm telling you right off the bat. It's not. And then I'll see them in this, in this, I'll see them buy. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how this person's going to work. Right. Like I'm not going to give them a quick win. I mean, we'll have quick ish wins it's <laughs> yeah. really about setting up your business for success. If you right. need a job today, go get a job. Like that's, you know, I can't, I'm not going to give you a job. So <laughs> yeah, totally. And um, I just want to kind of ask you, you said data points that they reach out to the emails. Uh, are we talking about an automation process with links that tag them? Like just let's get technical for just one sec. Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'll geek out on this stuff all day long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do have certain signals, right? So some of those are, some of those are links. Some of the yeah. are key pages on my website that go then feed into my Drip account, which I use yeah. Drip, uh -huh. um, tags those people accordingly. Um, <clears throat> if you go to my website, you'll see a little chat, uh, a little survey widget come up in the bottom corner that actually asks you a couple of questions. Yeah. Um, if you answer certain questions in a certain way, it'll alert me in that way. Um, just anywhere where I know that somebody could potentially provide some information for them from themselves in a way that, you know, feels natural in the conversation that I'm having with the person. Right. Um, I collect that data. Right. And, and it's all to serve them better. Right. So if you are a web developer versus a web designer versus a writer or a photographer, um, <clears throat> I can cater the conversation in that way. Um, I yeah. use, you know, custom job to, for me, it's, you know, I don't know. It's a, I'm starting to go down the road of even customizing my website even further. Um, especially the ask res show, right? So I'm 187 episodes in, um, for people to try to figure out where to start from, what question to listen to or what question to ask, um, where do they go? But if they're five years into their business, well, here's a set of questions that would be 
best serve for you. If you're a beginner, well, here's another set of questions, right? So if I have that data on these people already, maybe I could cater that page a little bit more smarter and uh, you know make it make it better make a better experience for the person that's actually looking at that. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, it's like, yeah, th these things I can talk about also for a, um, as, as long as it takes. I guess, like what you talked about regarding like, you know, data points and getting people to answer, like g give specific information about them is totally on point. I think like in a way when you have a community and you already have a blog and you're communicating them with them via email, you have a lot of ways to monitor what the people are all about. And that's like, it's called segmentation, you know, in, mm -hmm. in a general kind of, uh, you know, term, terminology for anybody who is new to this and or hasn't even started. But uh, just so you know, like uh, it's a thing. And yeah, once you have an email list, you should start segmenting people to understand what different buckets you have and what different buckets to put people in. So later you can, if you have an online course or a product or coaching on a specific topic, you can just mail those people and you'll feel okay to want to sell it to them because you know they're interested in that. Um, and you, feel, you don't feel like you're spamming the whole entire list or something like that, which is also, by the way, something that you, can, that you should do when you have info products. Like if you have an info product and you have a launch, your whole list should know about it. And then people that you might have not segmented yet might want in on this. Um, so there's also ways to do that. Um, but yeah, we just got a bit technical towards the end. But anyways, yeah, just sound like really thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. And um, I just want to finish off with asking you about like your um, any books or resources that you would like to recommend to to the listeners. Yeah, I mean, I guess two. One, if you haven't tried Bonjour, just give it a try. Uh, they have a free trial. By the um, way, I interviewed their founder Matt on on the show. He's like episode oh, nice. number eight, I think. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, their their company is awesome. The culture there is great. Um, but number two is uh, a book I'm reading right now is Talk Triggers by Talk Jay Triggers. Bear. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really great book on, and again, I haven't finished it yet, but it's a really great book on how you can create an organizational campaign that makes you stand out. And mm -hmm. not saying marketing campaign, an organizational campaign. Um, so for example, he talks about Doubletree, the hotels, right? Mm -hmm. At Doubletree, you stay there, you get a warm cookie, right? Um, so it's a culture, it's an organizational decision yeah. to make an experience with their customers that's better than or you, unique, <clears throat> unique to them, right? Yeah. Um, right. He talks about the Cheesecake Factory here in the US where their menu is like literally this thick. Right, like he talks about other thing, other com other businesses, a hamburger place in California where you place your order, and the cashier then takes out a deck of cards and fans it out, and if you pull a joker, your your meals for free. Right? <laughs> nice. Like just to create these kind of experiences that then turns around that customer to talk about you based around their experience, right? So they didn't put any ad money out. They didn't do anything that's commercial or, you know, billboard or Facebook ads or anything like that. But these companies are very well known. They're very successful. And he talks in the book about how to unpack that kind of thing and bring your whole organization online to essentially get behind this kind of an idea. Yeah. Um, and it's really an interesting it's interesting to think about like what you're doing now in your own business that could potentially be a talk trigger. Like yeah. how, how do you create referrals, right? Um, are you just a developer that just hands off code and then that's it? Or are you a developer that's unique because the interactions that you're having with the customers are special, right? In some sort of way. Right. And then they, you know, then turn referrals back. Right. So I'm, I'm reading this book and it's, it's a great book. I mean, Jay Bear has a, a ton of great books anyway about customer service and that kind of thing. But um, Talk awesome. Triggers is this new one. Talk Triggers. So I, 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 the name sounds so familiar. I probably read something that he already wrote. But Yeah, I mean, he's all over. But, yeah. I mean, he, 
de- definitely, you know, somebody that, you know, you should follow Jay Bear on Twitter, yeah. Twitter or anywhere that you can get a grab at him. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, Jason, thanks so much for these recommendations, man. And um, it was great talking to you. Thank you for so much value that you brought into this conversation, sharing out of your knowledge and experience. Really appreciate it. And where can people find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me at res.com. That's with three Z's, uh, R-E-Z-Z-Z.com. Or hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'm at res there. Uh, That's like my home away from home, so to speak. Um, And I'd be happy to have a conversation with anybody. And uh, Instagram or not? Uh, Instagram too. Uh, I'm res20, the number 20. Yeah. Somebody got res, I don't know, 14 years ago and has one post. (laughs) <laughs> so if anybody has any any pull like yeah. over there on facebook and wants to give me that account i <laughs> love them for their life the original res yeah, yeah. All right man so, so thanks so much i will link to all of these uh, to anybody who's new on the show uh in the live feed you'll find those in about like i guess 15 minutes um posted in the actual description of the video and of course if you're listening to the podcast podcast format this will be in the show notes youtube description you'll find all the links so um jason thanks again it's thanks again man and really appreciate you for coming on the show and uh catch you next time man yeah thanks for having me cheers bye everybody and that's a wrap i hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did i would love if you could help me out and please rate this on itunes this is a new podcast so reviews on itunes go a long way and also ensure that more people will just get to enjoy it you only have to do this once not every episode and it has a tremendous impact also if you haven't yet i would love to invite you to join the mindful and ruthless group on facebook where i host this show live and also share so much more with the members of the community this will be a chance for me to get to know you better and i love connecting with my audience all right so until next time remember to be mindful and ruthless ruthless with your gut feeling ruthless with your journey don't let anybody take you off your path my friend keep on and i'll see you on the next episode you have to position yourself as the expert and you position yourself as the expert because you have knowledge you have experience you have the answer you're not going to know what you like what you dislike who you want to serve how you want to help them um, until you actually start doing it